Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, back again with another episode of the IDP Army podcast. This show, we're going to be talking my top 12 defensive linemen going into this year's 2022 IDP fantasy football season. So stick around. It's going to be a great show. All right, thank you for joining us. If this is your first time here, appreciate that. If you're a returning listener or viewer, thank you there. Uh, be sure to join our Patreon so you can support the channel. All of this content is made possible by our supporters. We do this full-time here. IDP Army is my number one project. It is the number one thing that I do. This is how I make my money. So if you guys want to support the channel, support me, support the content I create, go ahead and sign up there. You can also join the, uh, the YouTube with a membership. So um, we appreciate that. But like I said, today's show, we're going to be talking about the top 12 Defensive lineman for this year's uh, IDP fantasy football season, kind of how I see them. Now, I want to open this briefly with a kind of a, some caveats. One, you know, the defensive line position is very tough to project because, you know, one or two sacks can really make the difference between a guy being a top 10 player, top eight player, or, you know, just a top 20, 25 player. So this is a combination of kind of most upside, most consistency, as I see it right now going into this next season. Um, some of these guys will bust out because that's the nature of the position. Um, but you will see some there. I do uh, kind of advocate for this concept of I call it zero or late round DL players because uh, you can usually find a guy that people are low on at the defensive line position who has a good season. Robert Quinn is a perfect example of that from last year. Two years ago, I actually was advocating for him as an actual direct zero DL target. Um, he ended up injuring his foot, had a bad year with the Bears. I kind of came off of that this last season, and he goes out and finishes as the number six defensive end in the, se- the season. 18 and a half sacks, I believe. He had a zillion tackles for loss. I mean, he just crushed this year. Um, and I kind of saw it coming, and I just I kind of let off on that. <clears throat> But, you know, you learn. So, um, you know, like I said, as a caveat, the other caveat is Micah Parsons. We did talk about him on the linebacker show. Uh, the links for those are in the description of this video. You can go check those out. He's actually our number one linebacker. But if he was a defensive line player eligible in your league, like he is on Sleeper, which is the league we actually do, you know, the, the, the platform that we play fantasy on. Um, they use the IDP one, two, three scoring format that um, I, you know, created and tested and pitched to them. And um, on that platform, he is D line eligible. I would have him slotted in here as my DL two. We're not going to talk about him because we already talked about him the linebacker show. Like I said, you can go check those out. But if he were to be the player you were targeting in defensive line over linebacker, he would be the second player for me. So let's go ahead and get into today's show. Like I said. 
top 12 defensive linemen for IDP fantasy football going into this season. Uh, be sure to subscribe and like this uh, video so we, uh, you know, helps with the algorithm and all that stuff. So, uh, no surprise to anybody should be TJ Watt. Um, he's been the number one defensive uh, line player the last couple of seasons in IDP. Uh, Shaq Barrett was just a little ahead of him in Chandler Jones one season, I believe. But on a points per game basis, he's had some some crazy numbers this year. He tied the sack record all time on 15 games in a season that was an 18 game season, I believe 17 or 18 games. I forget how many games we played this season. Um, but 22 and a half sacks. He was injured, led the league in tackles for loss, led the league in sacks again, broke the sack, you know, or tied the sack record. Just had an uber efficient season, but it's just more of the same for him. Led the league in sacks in 2020 as well with 15, seven pass deflections this year, seven the year before, eight the year before that. There's nothing this guy doesn't do. His points per snap, as you can see here, it's obscene. Like, this is almost pornographic. It's 0.49. Nobody else comes close to that. On this list or any list that I have looked at, created, curated, except maybe like a guy that played like two snaps and got a sack. Um, So just bear in mind, you know, he's the number one IDP player. I, I won't waste too much more of your time on that. My love of TJ Watt is well documented. I will say this, TJ Watt, if you happen across this video, your social media game, at least on Twitter, is not good. Could be better. Um, I'm not saying you owe the people anything, uh, but could be better. JJ's is on point. All right, let and I know you guys are competitive, so I mean, you gonna let him do you like that, my guy? All right, so player two at the defensive line position for me this year. Nick Bosa, another guy with a brother in the NFL. Um, I want to say the thing about Nick Bosa that really comes across to me from last season is his season went very under the radar. You know, he's coming off the ACL tear, um, has the was he had the second most sacks in the league? No, he had the fourth most sacks in the league behind only TJ Watt, Robert Quinn, and Miles Garrett. Again, coming off of the ACL tear this last year. Uh, 52 total tackles, an incredible number for a defensive end. 40 of those are solo. You love that. 21 tackles for loss, tying TJ Watt. Uh, four force fumbles. You love to see that. He's not much of a pass deflection guy, but that's okay. Um, he's really, I think, kind of available at a discount. Even in drafts, like let's say you are in a draft and somebody is kind of like paying up for him. He's still probably going to be the fourth or fifth guy gone off the board because people are going to take Miles Garrett ahead of him, I bet. Everyone's probably most people are going to take TJ Watt. Um, then you kind of get into a little bit of a wild west area. Um, you might get some people taking Joey Bosa, Aaron Donald. I think you guys need to be looking at Nick Bosa. You know, he's an incredible player. Like I said, I won't reemphasize this enough. Coming off the AC out there, the only reason he didn't get more love for a defensive player of the year is because Shanahan, the Shanahan, Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Lance, all of that stuff that was around the 49ers last year was like distracting from one of the better defensive seasons, you know, in a while. Again, from a guy who we've just begun to see what he can produce at NFL level. So very excited about Nick Bosa this next year. Still only 24 years old. In Dynasty, he's a guy I've been targeting. Um, I don't think, I mean, you're going to have to pay up for him, but in my mind, he's one of the few guys that I'm very confident is going to be worth it. He played a boatload of snaps this last year. 
mean, again, I cannot emphasize this enough. He came back and started 17 games after tearing his ACL. And he had like, well, when he finished his defense, he finished a defensive line player for last year, um, 841 snaps. I mean, he didn't miss a beat. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my Nick Bosa argument. I don't really know who I'm arguing with. Love him. Line, the DL line player two this year. Um, I do want to quickly bring up his production profile from the index. And you can see here is points per snap. I mean, that's 0.33. Not, it's not TJ Watt numbers. Um, this last year, but that's still a very elite number. Um, last year, you can see obviously he was injured; he did not do much for you. But you can go back to a, a rookie, the rookie season. Tackles sufficiently high, forty-seven. I mean, really good number there. Uh, quarterback hits twenty-five. You know, he 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 has a lot of room to grow. So I'm very big on Nick Bosa this year and just going forward in in general. So my third player, defensive line player this next year. Miles Garrett. Obviously, you knew he was going to be in the top three here. Some people, I mean, I'm not, some people say I'm a Miles Garrett hater, um, and I'm not a hater. I just, what I like, I mean, I really think it's important to just look at the, the Frank, the stats, you know what I mean? And you have to weigh the stats against what you're actually going to get on the field. Um, and Miles Garrett, great player, 0.3 points per snap this year. Uh, but his first year going over that 0.3 number, um, you know, you don't you don't love that, especially as a player who's been in the league five years now. And his tackles, this is a man I always bring this up. If a guy doesn't get home, which I don't think you're really going to have to worry about with Miles Garrett, he's going to get home. But the tackle floor, I mean, you look at these games, week 18, one tackle. Week 17, one tackle. Week 16, one tackle. I mean, that's death in fantasy football. Uh, and I remember some of these weeks, especially when you're sitting there watching him play 65 snaps. Every single snap, you are painfully aware of the fact he's not doing anything. And, you know, it, it does hurt, you know, when a guy has a floor like that. So I would just, that's my only word of caution and why I kind of have him ahead of or behind TJ Watt and Nick Bosa. You know, Nick Bosa, if you look at his, you know, game here, he only had one game where he let you down last year. He had one tackle. Um, but every other game, you know, he's doing enough in other spots. And again, kind of an ascending player, uh, getting more tackles for loss, not less this year. Um, I really think that <clears throat> uh, Nick Bosa is uh, worth more than Miles Garrett this year. So that's kind of where my, I am on that. But Miles Garrett, in his own right, is a great player. There is definitely room for more upside. Um, but again, you know, to, to each their own. I may also have a little bit of bias because uh, I'm a Steelers fan. But um, let's go ahead and get to number four, Harold Landry. Now, I've been been kind of talking Harold Landry up for a long time on this channel. Um, it, it's well-deserved. This last year, 75 combined tackles for a defensive line player. Impact plays, 27, 12 sacks. I think this was actually the first season of his career he's hit double-digit uh, sacks. Um, and he's been a known IDP commodity without doing that before in his career. Yeah, this was the first year so. Um, we, I've been very bullish on him because of the, t the total tackle floor, very high, a career number there at 75 defensive snaps. And this is the thing that this is why he's higher than some players further down this list who have a higher points per snap uh, number is because Harold Landry plays some of the highest numbers of defensive like edge snaps in the league. Uh, he literally leads the league sometimes in defensive end snaps. He starts all 16, 17 games. 
and he plays like a, a shit ton of snaps for a defensive end. So he gets his tackles. He is getting as a, a better as a pass rusher. I think people are starting to realize that. So now on top of the, the super safe floor, he is pushing into the double-digit tackle numbers. Uh, he does get a handful of pass deflections, although this year he did not get any. He had five the preseason before. Uh, 14 tackles for loss. Again, he seems to be trending and ascending the right way. Only 25 years old, you know, or 26 years old, rather. Um, I've got him right now as my, oh, I have it says here. Sorry, it says LV4. That's an error. It should be DL4 uh, going into this season. I hope the rest of them don't say that. Um, all right, moving on to my defensive line player five. All right, good. This one looks right. It is Shaquille Barrett. Uh, I, I won't want to spend too, too much time here, but I just want to remind you know re- remind people why he was he's a little more boom bust. Points per snap, very high. He, he does everything. He bats passes. He gets interceptions. He forces fumbles. He's extremely active. He's one of the most aggressive sort of pass rushers in the league, in my opinion, just watching him play. He plays with a level of aggression that is indica- indic- indicative of how the Tampa Bay defense has been viewed the last few years. They're an aggressive defense from the outside, and Dominic and Sue does seem to be parting ways with the team, but I do not think that's going to overly hurt his production as he has been ascending as a player, in my opinion. Vita Vea is still there in the middle. Jason Pierre-Paul seems to still be there. I mean, the whole the whole gang is still there, and this team has been very good the last few years. Shaq Barrett is in no small part a uh, part of that. So for me, going into this year, I think he, you know, He's been a top 12, 13 defensive line player the last three seasons. Maybe the upside isn't truly, truly there. We'll have to see. He was overall DL1 uh, two years ago, three years ago. But uh, there's a level of safety that goes into this pick as well, too. I don't think he's going to let me down. I really don't think anything outside of DL18 at worst. Like, that's like worst case scenario, assuming he plays. And that's at this five spot, and I don't think you're going to have to pay up over much in drafts for him. I really like the upside. So I'm bullish on taking him, um, you know, where where I can get him. Trading for him in Dynasty, always a good option in my opinion. Uh, Because after a player does it two or three years, a lot of guys are like, well, so high. I mean, if a guy's 29 as a defensive end, I mean, we've got Cameron Hayward out here, 33, just had a career year. Cameron Jordan just had one of his better years. He's 32, 33. Robert Quinn, 32-33. So you still have a good package of years coming up for these guys, especially these guys that are kind of late bloomers, Shaq Barrett included. So do not sleep on my man, Shaq Barrett. <clears throat> coming in at six, Daniil Hunter. This is an interesting one. Uh, only played a little bit last year, had the neck injuries and all of that. Right now he says he's, uh, you know, the neck injury was two years ago, and then he had the pec thing. But he says he's fully healthy at this point. Um when he when he is fully healthy on a points per snap basis, he's extremely valuable because he gets a ton of tackles. You can look here his tackle rate last time when he did play this last year, almost ten percent. I mean that's like pushing up to some like cornerback, uh, you know, safety numbers of tackling ability. On top of the fact that he's rushing the passer, getting really premium spots to you know get your tackles for loss, force fumbles, et cetera, et cetera. So assuming he is, as he says, fully healthy. Uh, defensive line six feels like a safe spot to put him. You know, I think there is a level of risk that we do need to acknowledge with him uh, this next year because he has kind of been a tough asset or a player to manage in, in fantasy football the last two seasons. Um, but his upside is still attacked. And again, at just 27 years old, you know, while you may have some managerial fatigue, 
do not forget that when you can slide a player like Denny Hunter into that, you know, a spot like this at a position like this, like I said, opening the show, it can be very volatile. He offers several things that uh, some other players don't when he is on the field full time. And those things are things you don't play against very often. They're things that are unique assets to your team. So like Daniel Hunter this year, hopefully he stays healthy and hopefully he continues to be a star that he was before all of this kind of stuff started happening. All right, before we go on to my man, Trey Hendrickson, um, I want you guys to check out this promo on the Ultimate IDP Index. Go sign up for the Patreon. It would mean the world to me. This is what we do full time over here, and uh, we do that out of love. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017, suggested trade values, and a whole lot more, including unique write-ups, unique videos that will only be available within the Ultimate IDP Index. But to me, probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly. So you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your dynasty league at any given moment. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. Shout out and thank you to all of our Patreons. You guys are supporting the channel. We appreciate it. Um, it means a lot to us. We have the underdog rankings over there. Those are tiered best ball rankings. We have the ultimate dynasty index, which is our tiered dynasty rankings for quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, running back, you know, all the, the offensive spots. And then we have the ultimate IDP index, which is the tiered dynasty or tiered IDP uh, index of over 200 defensive players. Again, these are all tiered. These are kind of this is our this is our real flagship product is the the ultimate IDP index. A lot of the information that I presented to you guys or I'm showing you with some of the production profiles are just a very small piece of the information in there. You know, I think it's really important as a fantasy player to do your own research. You know, I want to give you information and my takes, but I also want to present people with the tools and the information to to study and make their own informed decisions. You know, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, I've built it out and created it. And I, I, I've, it's taken time to come back now after I've done it and like study it and see what it really means and look season to season. Um, so I'm, you know, by no means am I all knowing, you know, and I'm, I hope I wouldn't ever say that or come across like that. But I, I want to give you guys tools and information to do your own research, you know, and find little nuggets and things in here that, you know, I haven't found yet. Um, so I have, you know, like I said, I show the indexes and I show some of the production profiles just so you guys can kind of see how I look at players you know it really is the only way i've seen or found you know to objectively sort of understand how players are scoring when they're scoring and who's doing what on a on a large and small scale of idp fantasy so appreciate all that i actually have uh the next player i have up i'm gonna pull this up real quick um is is my man trey hendrickson i've been very bullish on him the last couple of years and we have a question in the comments here about trey hendrickson which i'll answer in a second but um 
people will say this is probably too too high for him, but he's been so consistently good, and he's actually good. Like the, I don't think that is a question anymore. Uh, a lot of people did not like the signing by him to the Bengals, but like look at his numbers here. There's nothing overly flashy. Yeah, some of these are you know if he doesn't get home, his uh you know his points might not necessarily have come all the way through, but. I think there's room for him to play more snaps, number one. And I actually do, again, think that he left some sacks on the field this last year. Uh, extremely efficient player. Uh, he gets, he's got a big motor, 27 years old. And I'm, I'm staying on the gas with Trey Hendricks. And now I had a question here from Ryan Green. Looks like on the YouTube channel, he says, I'm going tr- to keep Trey Hendrickson 20th round. Or it says and Harold Landry fourteenth in a twenty-six round partial keeper league start two DLs. Which one should I try and flip? I would try to flip Landry because you know you're gonna get more value to keep Hendrickson. Um, and I only have him ranked what was that two spots apart. So I think you're gonna get pretty good uh, return on value there. Um, I'm actually gonna pull up his production profile from the index just so you guys can kind of see what I'm looking at here. But, um, you know, total tackles, 34, not a super high number, 717 snaps, two point or 0.28 points per snap, though. So not like truly, truly elite, but on the edge of that elite number. Uh, impact plays are decent Tw- quarterback hits. And I want this is something he actually has done both years this year. Uh, we get 27 and then last year, 25. And he did that on sub 600 snaps. So what he's not getting in tackles, assisted tackles and maybe some other things. He's actually like this, an extremely effective pass rusher, you know, shocker. And that is part and parcel with him being behind the line of scrimmage, even on minimal snaps and scoring. Okay. So I'm bullish on Trey Hendrickson. Uh, Like I said, there was a lot of FUD around him last year. Had a damn good Super Bowl run. I thought made a big difference on that team. I thought, um, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Got him right now at DL7 going into the season. So let's look at who we got at number eight. We got Robert Quinn. Like I said, I brought him up earlier. He finished this last year as DL6. Kind of came out of nowhere, um, you know, after having the ankle injury the last season. And just we, we've seen Robert Quinn be an elite player before. <clears throat> like, a you know, an 18, he had 18 and a half sacks in Ed, and when he was with the Rams. You know, I remember him when he was on the Rams. He, he, and he's always been a great player. Um, he's had certain injuries, certain issues with teams, uh, but he's a crazy good athlete. He's got high football IQ. He, he always gets a lot of forced fumbles. That's something I look for for edge rushers that I, I always kind of associate with like high football IQ for whatever reason. I'm just kind of letting you guys into my thought process because some guys are just better at it than others. And I think that that comes from a level of awareness. Like, could I actually make this happen right now? And kind of making that decision. And you just, like I said, like instincts or whatever. Robert Quinn has got that, um, and it's it's shown in the fact that he did go home for 18 and a half sacks this season. Um, and, and, and you know, uh, Khalil Mack is gone now. I think we I think people have kind of understood that a difference maker, yeah, gets the good grades and all that stuff, yeah, but at the, at the end of the day, I don't think he's had a season even close to a couple of seasons Robert Quinn has had. So Robert Quinn, I'm not fading him again this year. He was actually, like I said, two years ago, he was one of my biggest sleepers. Last year, I let it let it go because of the ankle injury. And then he has this insane season. So uh, if I did, you know, I was really early on him to be, you know, if he was on your waiver wire, grab him and all that stuff, but don't fade Robert Quinn again. He should be playing plenty of snaps for the uh, Chicago bears who are not great, Bob. 
Oh, and I just have a little blurb here too. It says he wasn't at a uh, mandatory or the mini camp, or whatever. Not mandatory, but he's a you know he's a an older vet. He's thirty two years old. He's been in the league a long time. He doesn't have to go shit like that. So don't don't sweat it. All right, another Ram, another player who actually played with Robert Quinn. We have my man Aaron Donald on here. People say ten is shade. I will say that. Um, this last season, Aaron Donald did something interesting, and I brought this up before. He had a career year in tackles by quite a bit. Uh, he had 84 combined tackles previous season, 45. Season before that, 48. Season before that, 59. Season before that, 41. As you can see here on the index, upper left box here. Uh, but I know there was a lot. There was some. There was some discourse on Twitter from some people about Aaron Donald and tackling efficiency, blah blah blah, last year. And I remember some smart people and Aaron Donald included, you know, with the subtweeting and like, you know, the little, you know how people can get. Um, and then he goes out here this year, you know, after, you know, saying, well, that's not really a problem. And he sets a career year by a lot in tackles. So I think it's just interesting that somebody kind of got under his skin about that. And I just want to say, like, if he hadn't had a career like that or a year like that in tackles, he would not have had anywhere near the, the, the kind of season he ended up having this year. He did end the season as defensive line player three but if he would have put up closer to his average number of tackles he would have been um more down towards this area the you know defensive line 10 11 player and i don't think that he's going to just have another kind of outlier season um to kind of prove the haters wrong or whatever that whole thing was i I, i'm kind of going to stick by that as a as a viable theory but he does put up a pretty consistent points per snap 0.27 this year 0.26 last year 0.25 0.25 last year. Again, these are not super elite numbers. This next one, I believe, is the Indomitian and Sue num- year. Yes. So the year Indomitian and Sue was there. That was 2018. He had 0.37. That's the year a lot of people kind of said Aaron Donald's the greatest player that's ever existed and ever will exist ever, period, in discussion. Um, but again, before that, 0.27. Uh, so his what he really does on the field for you is not, you know, it's not overly efficient or crazy. And he is 30 years old. That being said, all that being said, still got him on my top 10, okay? Um, and he and Cam Hayward, who's actually the next player on this list, both finished as the two and three last year. So these older defensive tackles or whatever you want to call them, some of these guys that got that mad skill, I mean, they're going to age out very well. So I still believe Aaron Donald is a good IDP asset, um, you know, based on the number of snaps he plays and based on the fact that his he's able to – he is, looks like he's adapting his game to, you know, getting a little older, which is fine. We still know he's an elite player. That is not, you know, without a shadow of doubt a thing. I think they're working on a new contract situation with him. I think they want to keep him around another year or two. So we'll see how that works out. But defensive line player 10 or 9, and like I said, 10, my man Cam Hayward had himself a crazy good year, 33 years old right now. Even with T.J. Watt in and out of the lineup this last year with injury, uh, Hayward came through big. He was the number two defensive line player this year with 289 points. Um, no slouch, you know, he gets his tackles, he gets his sacks and he, he, he's his little brothers on the team now, which is interesting that now they have two Watt brothers. They have two Terrell Edmonds brothers, and now they have two Hayward's brothers. It's just like the Steelers are such a, a curious, but, uh, but cool organization to be fans of. Um, I think he's going to have another great year. If I'm just being honest, like he's getting better with age. Like he just, I mean, look at the picture that like, this man is. He's not slowing down like he's he's having a like a Calais Campbell sort of um, trajectory, but maybe even will age out better than Calais Campbell. So do not sleep on my man Cam Hayward. I got him at defensive line player 11 
And my last two players, I do not have their graphics up here, but I will tell you who they are um, and who they're not. And by, you know, by proxy, but okay. What are you guys being weird for? Um, Cameron Jordan comes in at 11. My man, Cameron Jordan, he had a great season this last year, 244 points, double digit sacks uh, again this last year, I believe. Um, I have him just a little bit lower than some of the other guys on this list because his tackle numbers again are not like massive, massive numbers. Uh, but he's going to be a solid, a solid draft pick. And the thing about him this year too is you're going to get him so late, like he's probably going to finish as a top 15, 16 at worst because you know he's good. Um, and I saw somebody post like a draft board where like they had like 30 some odd defensive line players gone, and maybe a dynasty, but he was still on the board. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy talk right now. So do not sleep on my man, Cam Jordan, down there at the Saints. And then at 12, I have Zadarius Smith. Did not play this last year, except for I believe he played a little in the first game. Back injury was supposed to supposedly be signing with his old team, the Ravens. That ended up not happening kind of out of nowhere. And he signed with the Vikings. So now the Vikings have Zadarius Smith on one side and Daniel Hunter on the other side. It's going to be a pretty scary defense that uh that uh Kirk Cousins is going to have to uh, uh hopefully be put in some good situations to throw uh you know lead the league of passing touchdowns or some shit like that to my man Justin Jefferson. Anywho, that would be pretty cool. But Zadarius Smith last time we saw him in the league uh for a full season, he was one of the best slash better players in the league. Uh he had the infamous um uh, what was it the, the the shirt thing where he did in the playoffs where he said he got snubbed from the the uh being all pro that year and he was 100% right. Uh, I believe that was 2019, you know, 13 and a half sacks, 55 tackles that season, 37 quarterback hits. Like, woo! Like he was a, he was a bad, bad man. That was that year. And then the year after that, he comes back out 52 tackles, 12 and a half sacks, 23 quarterback hits. Yeah, it's less, but he was still, you know, forced four fumbles too. So bad, bad man, Darius Smith. He comes out as our number 12. I have a couple of questions here. It looks like in the comments I'm going to get to, but again, just remind y'all, there are videos down in the description. You can click the links. Go check out some of the other rankings videos. Subscribe to the channel. You can join a membership through our YouTube channel, which would be awesome. You can join the Patreon so you can get the ultimate IDP index. So you get more than 10, 20, 25, whatever I eventually put out for this year on my rankings. You can get over 200 IDP players okay, with full information on them. So check that out. But anyway, we have some questions here. Let's see what we got. Sorry, late to the party. Would you prioritize defensive line over linebacker as there are fewer elite? No, I really wouldn't. Again, I, I, I'm i kind of a proponent of this draft strategy or team building strategy, but late round defensive line is kind of what I call it. Um, you know, or zero a DL. You can get players like Cameron Jordan or like last year, Robert Quinn, they go completely undrafted, some of these guys, and they end up with these crazy good seasons. Um, there was, who else was it a couple of years ago? I mean, Shaq Barrett was like that. Zadarius Smith was a player two years ago that you could get, even after his crazy good season uh, with 13 and a half sacks, sometimes you could get him as your defensive line player 20, 25, and he's had another defensive line player one season because people just don't want to believe. Um, who else had a – I mean, uh, Harold Landry brought him up on this show. Another player that I've been targeting for the last couple of years later in drafts because I believe he's going to finish higher than most people suspect he is because people are like he's not good or whatever their whole thing is. Hassan Reddick, another player where 
people have been very doubtful that he is good or that he could continue his abilities. So when you go to draft him the last two years, you know, you could get him as, again, DL 20-plus, and he finished well above that both of the last two seasons. I think he's going to have another good season this year. So I prioritize getting the linebackers. I want to get, you know, a good high floor. And so, you know, because I am hopefully, you know, watching this channel and I'll, you know, have the ultimate IDP index, I know what to look for later down the draft board. And by doing my research, you know, with the production profiles and stuff, I know my research on guys who are, you know, in positive situations to put up more points. So I feel confident in my ability to kind of get a defensive line player later, personally. Um, I mean, even TJ Watt was kind of like that for a while. I mean, people act like he's the king and people have known that for a long time. I mean, I, I used to, I mean, I sit here and rant because I used to have to rant to get people to just engage in the conversation because he's not that good, blah, blah, blah. Like that was actually a thing like people would say like that. He's not that good. He's not good for IDP. He's a linebacker too. He's literally finished in fantasy pro scoring as a top 12 linebacker. Every year he's been in the league except for one fantasy pro scoring. I have an IDP one, two, three. And I've heard year after year after year after year the same nauseating crap. So it's just like people have kind of finally caught up to snuff. I don't know why it took so long. You know, sometimes the answers are just right there. <clears throat> anyway, also follow-up question. You answered mine before on a mailbag. But when do you start drafting IDPs? Um, you know, I, I've said this a couple of times, and generally six, seven, eight at the earliest, but I'm trying to kind of maybe get closer to seven eight nine um i do have a thread that i wrote once about kind of how to attack idp drafting it was a focused a little bit more towards last year it had some actual player targets in it but conceptually it's basically the same i think it's in the link i think it's in the links down here somewhere if you go check it out it should just say like how to draft idps if it's not in this it's in some of the older videos um but yeah oj i think that's down there and you can check that out but yeah like i said the general consensus is i want to get Six, seven solid, idea, or, you know, offensive players that I feel comfortable with before I start diving in. But you know, I'm keeping an eye on it, um, just in case somebody like T.J. Watt does fall, you know, or whatever it may be. So, Ryan Green, uh, Cam Jordan, literally going off at the end of the season caused me to lose my championship matchup. Yeah, I do remember early in the year it was like not pretty, and like. He was just like tearing it up at the end of the season. I mean, it, it was kind of to be expected because even those early games that he wasn't, I mean, he was like not like he was playing bad or anything like that. So I'm I'm respecting him this year. Like I said, I got him in my top 12. Um, you know, anybody that's got true double digit sack potential, that means they have talent plus the, you know, that's indicative of playing time. Uh, I don't think Cameron Jordan, you know, captain of the defense, basically the face of the Saints is he, he's going to play a shit ton of snaps and he's going to he's gonna do some damage. So OJ again says scoring is, oh, I guess this is referring back to the original question about D line or linebacker. <clears throat> so scoring is six point sack, two point tackle for loss, two point tackles, one point assist, six interception, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's basically IDP one, two, three scoring, which is dope. And PPR with an extra flex Two D line, two linebackers, two defensive players and two flex. Yeah. I mean, I think, so that's two, four, six, eight. I think around eight or nine, I would be looking for my first uh, linebacker. Uh, and I would probably try to stack two two linebackers, maybe three. Um, because I, you know, again, I'm targeting some older 
you know, because I have the ultimate IDP index, I know some of these defensive backs are going to fall. Like last year, Harrison Smith, everybody had him ranked as like DB 20 or 30 or something like that. And I was like, I mean, historically, he's been incredible. He had like one down year and people were just like, oh, falling off the wagon. So I was still bullish on him. I think I had him in my top five or six. And like he was like defensive back two or three this year, like behind Derwin James. So there's always guys like that in your drafts. Um, there's always going to be players like that. Again, you always just want to find the longest track record of success for a player, generally speaking, and bank on that. You know, talent leads to opportunity. And on defense, I've said this before on this show, and I still believe it's true. Like defensive players age out better because they're playing reactionary football. You know what I mean? Where muscle memory, instincts, things like that can compensate for, you know, not running a 4-4 anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, he just retired, and, I mean, he went out one of the better safeties in the league. I mean, he was a beast last year. I think he was, like, 36, 35, 36, 37. I mean, he's, you know, so defensive players that are a little bit older, that, there's a lot of there's a lot of good fantasy football value to be had there. So what we got here? Thanks for helping out, boss. Great content. TJ Watt scored 300-plus points in our league. Mind blown. Yeah, he's a beast. I've been saying it for years. Years. You can go back on this channel for years. It's been very fun to just be right about that over and over and over again. So, all right. Thank you for listening, watching, participating in this, engaging with me. Like I said, support the channel on Patreon. That's how we do this stuff. That's how, you, you know, you guys support the channel. That's how we can keep the show running. The show must go on. We are poppers and we need your pennies, my friends. So uh, support the channel. We would appreciate it. That's my top 12 defensive line players. Go check out the mailbag episode I just did. I'm going to do the other 10 or you know 12 defensive line players probably tomorrow. And then for my dude from the last video, man, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. I think it was Cody Allen or something like that. I'm going to do the defensive backs. Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. So. Love you, IDP Army. Appreciate you, and I'll be back soon.